0: Good evening, social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Saturday night message. We thank you for just attending uh, or listening rather to our broadcast, this podcast that we have every um, Saturday evening, and we thank you for listening. Uh, we just want to be a blessing to you. And so we've been talking about um. Developing emotional maturity um, it is important that we grow emotionally, and well, you know, you may say, well, "What does the Bible has said about that?" Well, the Bible talks a lot about our emotions. When the Bible talking about our heart, um it is talking about the the part of you, the central part of you, where your emotions are. Your or well, your mind, your will, emotions, or oh, was One person saying like this, you're thinking, you're feeling your chooser. And so your feelings are important. And so we need to be mature in that, that we don't overreact uh, when things happen, because things are going to happen in our life. So how do we respond correctly um, when things, whether it's trauma whether it's uh, you've been hurt by someone or disappointed by someone? Um, how do we respond in the correct way where, you know, we still um, maintain or represent Christ in a respectable way where we don't act like the world lose it? You know, how do we develop in that area? because sometimes we just give in to our emotions and we just, you know, act out things. And so we don't take responsibility for the way we respond and the Bible does hold us accountable uh, for the way we respond. And so we don't always do it perfectly. I and mean, you may not be doing it perfectly right now, but we can become better at that. We all need work in this area. So um, I want to just um, begin to show us through the word of God, how we can become better in responding to the um, and handling our emotions, and so we're going to continue last week we talked about just um the battle of the mind it's in your mind so the battle we understand the battle between our two ears okay well, that's what we need to understand the battle between your two ears the enemy is out for your mind and if he can control your mind guess what he can control your behavior because it all starts between your two ears and so tonight we want to uh just continue but i want to deal with tonight on how the battle in our mind begins like we're gonna walk through the process tonight okay we're gonna walk through the process of how um this battle begins in our mind okay we're going, we're going, we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to lift up some, some scriptures and begin to walk through the scriptures and find out what the word of God says, but how did the, um, did the battle in our mind begin? Okay. So to, to understand how the internal shadow box voice has, has taken a residence in your thinking, controlling your emotions response, let's, let's, let's understand how your belief system was created. Okay. So we're going to talk about how did your belief system, how was it created? Because every one of us, no matter who you are, okay, you have a belief system. It came from somewhere, whether it came from your big mama, whether it came from your parents, whether it came from your experiences, uh, whether it came from um, you going to school somewhere, through your experiences, you, through your, when time you hit this earth, your belief system begins to, begin to be reformed based on the things you experience, the things you're taught, you know? So how does, how was it created? Well, at, at birth, we come into the world with a clear belief system, with a clear belief system, like an empty com- computer disk. And from day one, we gather and absorb information. With the information? What we hear, what we see, what we smell, sense feel and actual perceive is stored up so from the day you are born you begin to download all this information you're born with an empty disk like a computer like when you buy a new computer desktop or laptop it is empty and then you begin to download stuff that you need on it and so that's what happens when you come into the world you you are born with nothing on but then as you begin to experience things you begin to absorb things in other words now stuff begin to get downloaded into your belief systems the things you hear things you see you smell things you still it's all stored up in your mind and, and we take these things personally and at a very early age start to make positive and negative decisions about ourselves and the world around us okay so you start this at a very early age. Now you begin to, um, begin to look at the start to make positive and negative. What's positive What's negative decisions based on who you are and the world around you. Okay. So this is how we get started. So it's just by around seven years of age, we have sorted and refile all the evidence, putting labels known as triggers, so remember that we're triggers on the drawers of our mind and start the comparison game, um, judging and comparing how we match up against other children. We're like, is, is she prettier or are they more popular, et cetera, stuff like that. So take a look at this. So now you begin to put labels on stuff. We call them triggers. Okay, because there are certain things that trigger you, whatever it is, certain things that cause triggers you. Your thoughts, things that you experienced in the past, things that you experience around you that happened to you, they're called triggering they, they, they're called emotional trigger. They trigger you to respond in a certain way. Okay. That's what he said. Then we begin to, when these things are downloaded on us, we start to compare us again. Now you begin to compare yourself with people. It's interesting. We all do it. We compare ourselves. As I said, they gave examples like. You know and we begin to judge people and we begin to invent so is she prettier is she smarter than i am you know we know how does she do this is she more talented i am she can sing better you know she's more of a, of a popular person than i am we begin to judge things and this is how this this process with our mind begin to work okay and we keep adding evidence to prove we are right and reach adulthood when our own designer belief system lens. So all through this process, from the time you're born, we we are determining things are being downloaded and we, we are determining how we see life. We put out, we're developing eyeglasses, we, okay, and you put your lenses on and however, whatever happened to you, whatever you've experienced, all these things, you know, see, hear, smell, Develop your belief system is how you see. Now you have your own designer glasses on. You have your own designer glasses on how you see life, and it says, and you reach a dohu. So you keep adding to this, so you keep downloading information. Now I got my I have developed my own belief system as to how I see the world and how I see people. Okay, so this is what happened. This starts around age seven. This one. Around eighty-seven, we we resort, we refill all this evidence we done got from from time we were born to eighty-seven. Now, now we done develop a belief system. Okay, any negative thought about ourselves and the world around us gets activated and goes on display for everyone around us to pick up. Okay, so everybody now begin to pick up on how you believe, what you think about yourself what you think about other people. Okay. What you think about this particular race? We know racism is strong in our country. You know what, where that comes from, how that you were raised, how you were brought up, what you think about a certain race, what you think about certain people, what you think about certain people, lifestyles, you develop all this when you're young. Okay. So you begin to pick up. Similarly, other people's belief systems activate and all respond, collide with each other, creating a, a mood in the room. So now you got your belief system. Other people got their belief system and that collides. And so if yours don't match up with mine, then what? Then what we call there is conflict. There's a conflict. And if I think that mine is better than yours, then there's a conflict. So we begin this is how conflicts thing this is how emotions get riled up based on everybody's belief system if everybody's belief system is different and then there's going to be conflict because there's going to be disagreement okay as adults what we sense feel here and are and often seen see and see often has nothing to do with the issues at hand but rather each person's per person's emotional hurt and setup from the past that have been activated. Okay, so basically, what it's saying here is that the issue at hand ain't got nothing to do with your hurt and their hurt. So a lot of times they ain't got nothing to do with it. It's just based on what you've experienced in the past. And what am I saying? That person that you are in conflict with didn't know about your experience what you experienced, how you experienced it the tra- how you were traumatized all they're doing is be activating and believing what they believe okay but it, there could be a conflict And so those involved often have no understanding of what is actually happening in the room. See a lot of times we don't we don't understand each other because we don't know what each other been through okay? And so it says when a, a negative trip is activated, it can cause us to hold back, um, create stress and, or harm our relationship with others and ourselves. So because we misunderstand each other and a lot of times we do a very good job of uh, misunderstanding each other because we don't know what each other's experience, it affect our relationship with people and ourselves. Okay. And when we experience these negatives, it says here, we begin to hold back. We what we do, maybe you're putting up walls because of what you experienced. And it's not to say that what you experienced was your fault. Okay. Some things could have brought you as a child that you have no control over. You maybe you had parents that didn't raise you right, or parents that, you know, you may have had people in your family members that didn't did certain things to you which calls you to be where you are so therefore um this is calling you to hold back it creates stress in your life now you you have a hard time um having a relationship with people because of what you've experienced because of the things that you've experienced so this is how um this thing works with your mind this is this battle that's come against and this is all remember this is the job of the enemy to keep you confused to keep you um stressed out to keep you holding back because he doesn't want you to fulfill the call and the thing that god has mean like so he his job is when you ex- experience all these things to affect your belief system in some cases believe it is god's fault because a lot of world believe where if God is who he say he is, why does all these things happen? And you know, he should have stopped it. And why he caused this to happen, why he let this happen in my life, and why did I have to have this type of parent or that type of parent? Or you know, this type of family, or allow me to experience this and for this person to hurt me. And so now it's God's fault. So God, we so God takes a hit here. He's been his relationship. Or well, his excuse me, reputation is being challenged by the world because, hey, if he's all powerful, he's all knowing, then why did he do anything about it? And this is what the enemy is doing. These are the thought, the negative thoughts that have come into our mind, which affects also our relationship with Jesus Christ. Even though you may be saved right now, but you're struggling emotionally. Why? Because of everything that has happened in your life, and it calls you a, to believe a certain way. Okay, so we talked about triggers. So a trigger consists of a thought, okay? There are certain things in your life, in, in my life also, so a certain things based on what we experience when we, when it happens to us or maybe when it happens, it comes from somebody else, maybe who don't even know us. It triggers, a triggers that consists of a thought that you have, okay? Um, thoughts like what I feel disregarded you may feel inadequate okay you may feel powerless or unsupported okay so a trigger consists of a thought okay you you think this way you feel you know inadequate powerless unsupported and then plus an emotion along with that so you have a trigger you have a thought with plus an emotion an emotion like anger and and joy and sadness and guilt and shame and fear. So yeah, I have a thought, and with that thought comes an emotion. Okay, this is, this is how it works. So I'm, I'm walk you through the process of how you got your belief system. Okay, so this is so I have a thought, and with that thought comes an emotion the amount of emotions or emotions attached to the thought determines the size and the potential impact of that trigger. Okay. So you may have more than one emotion attached to that particular thought, but that's going to determine the size, the impact of that trigger. How has that thing that you experienced, how the, how has it impact your life? In some cases, the the damage could be minimal. In some cases, the damage is is really huge in your life, and affect your decisions, the things that you make, the things that you decided to do, the directions that you decided to go. These triggers, these thoughts, um, cause you to go that way. So triggers can work like dominoes. Okay, once one is pushed, others. Follow suit, okay? So it's like dominoes. So once you knock one down, everything is going to fall. Allow God, here's what we need to do. We need to allow God to highlight the triggers that have become rooted in our belief system. You see, this is what the thing is. If you want to be healed, and I speak healing on your life right now, you got to allow God to highlight those, those triggers that that's rooted in your belief system. You've got to allow God to highlight. And sometimes um, I understand that sometimes bringing up things in your past bring on a lot of hurt. And a lot of times people suppress that because they don't want to deal with it. But I speak to you right now. God wants to heal you. And so you have to bring those, allow God to highlight those thoughts. And they may be painful and it may be hard. But allow it. When you bring them back up, ask God to help you highlight them. And then allow him to heal you in that area, okay? So we need to highlight the triggers that, that have been rooted in our belief system. Okay? And so, and, and be beware well when you speak them over yourselves, okay? Beware. Well. You got to beware well when you begin to... So this is where I, I see, You may hear me a lot of times. Be careful what you speak. Okay? Because that belief system may have come from a place of hurt or... And you're speaking things of your life, such as I'm powerless," I'm inadequate, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I'll never be pretty enough. I'll never be smart enough. You know, I, I, I that's just not who I am. Okay. And you got to be aware of what you're speaking over yourself. Let me say this to you. Is what you're speaking over yourself in line with the word of God? This is the thing that we have to pay attention me- Me too. You also, I want you to pay attention, Allow God to highlight am I speaking things on my life that does not line up with your word? Because what it is, it is something that thing that you experienced now have been rooted in your belief system and you can allow God to change your belief system to line up with his word. And just to give examples, you know, you, you may say, well, I'm so stupid. Okay. Or you may say, no one cares about me. No one really cares. Well, that's not you. That's a lie of the enemy. Those two things, and many, whatever you're saying, to them, it is a lie of the enemy. And he is trying to make sure that you don't get to the place where God wants you, that he wants to derail your success. And how does he do that? He starts by affecting your thinking. And all the things that you've, you've experienced over your, your course of your life, it is, has shaped your belief system. And I will challenge you, I'm challenging you today to change your belief system based on the word of God. Know what God will say. So you need to recognize your triggers and replace them with godly truths. All right. So this is what recognize your triggers recognize the things that are rooted in your belief system and if they don't line up with god's word you need to change it we need to, we need to switch those with godly truths you need to start saying what god says about you okay you, that's what we need to practice saying what god says about you the scripture says by his stripes you are he i don't care how sick you are right now okay this is the key to healing. And I say this and I, I may, I am going to say this, but I really can't go in. And, you know, we say that when it comes to healing, well, it's up to God. Well, it's God's will. And that's not true. Okay. God had already, the Bible says this. It, he said, Jesus, last thing that Jesus said, it is finished. Okay. And what well, he said, it is finished when it comes to healing, when it comes to salvation, when it comes to emotions, when it comes to everything, he has finished. Okay. The work has been done. Okay, so it's not up to God whether you get healed in those areas. He's already. It's up to you now to release your faith and take hold of what God has made available through His Word. It's not up to God. It's up to you to to bring into manifestation what He has already meant, Because everything Jesus did is in the spirit realm. Okay, it's it's an invisible. And when we begin to stand and speak God's word, then we will see those things manifested in our lives. But it starts with you believing, releasing your faith in the things of God. Now, you may say, well, I spoke it. Well, some things take may take long. It's, well, sometimes we live with things that happen instantaneous. No, the word the Bible calls it word of God, a seed. And you know how it is with a seed. When you sow a seed, okay, in the ground. It takes time for that to grow. So w- when you sow seed, what is your job? Your job is to water that seed. And that's the same principle when it comes to the things of the kingdom. And when you receive it by faith, and you water that with okay, you're speaking with your faith, please your faith and stand on with God. And you know, you 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 stay in there, you keep your faith out there until you see the manifestation. Of what God has made available. Okay, so let's look at a few scriptures. Okay, let's look at a few scriptures tonight. I want to first look at Psalms ninety-four and eleven, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says, "The Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are all vanity." So, what this scripture is saying, outside of God's word, our thoughts are vanity; they're no good. He knows our thoughts. The Hebrew word here for vanity, um, it means emptiness or vanity, um, something transitory and unsatisfactory. So our thoughts are unsatisfactory. They're they're no good outside of God. Okay. He said, God said, "I I know the thoughts of man. I know your thoughts. And they're not good. Your thoughts are not good about yourself because we think we know ourselves. But the thing is, you don't know yourself. God said your thoughts, they are, they, are, um, they are vanity. I mean, they are empty thoughts. That's why sometimes we can be conceited. We can be overconfident in ourselves because what? If you are based on your belief system and what you bring up and you know what? It's nothing wrong with being confident. But if you allow your confidence to become arrogance, where you think that you're better than everybody else, OK, that may be your thought process. OK, your thoughts process may be unpowerless. Your, your thought process may be, you know, I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not fast enough. OK. I'll never be anything. That may be your thought process. And God is saying here right here, that's vanity. That's empty. It's an empty thought that's a thought about you but that's not a thought that god has about you so our thoughts need to line up with him so now let me read this scripture um let's go to psalms 51 and 10. so if this is a favorite um psalm of david wrote this song king david and we all we we you know if you grew up in church you probably heard this, this script before and and I'm reading from the New Testament. It says, "Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me." Well, that's, that's King James. So, therefore, um, listen what it says: "Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew the right spirit within me." David was praying this prayer. Okay, now this prayer was okay for David. I need mean, what you understand it, but as a New Testament believer, we we would be wrong to pray this prayer. Why? Because the Lord has created in us a clean heart and put a new spirit within us at, at salvation. So it was good for David to pray, but when you get saved, God gives you a new heart, he gives you a new spirit at salvation. So we've got, what do you, so what do you need to do? You need to line up with your new spirit and your new heart and what it says about you. Now, how do I do that? How do you do that by getting into the word? Okay. These, these new hearts and the spirit are not contaminated with sin. Why? Because when you got saved, God gave you a new nature. Okay. He, he says, and I believe in Ezekiel, he gave, gave us, a, took out the stony heart and gave us a new heart and a new spirit. Okay. And also in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it says, any man in man being Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, behold, all things become new. Well, what part of you became new? Your spirit. Your spirit is the thing that got saved the day you got born again. So you have a new spirit. So it's, it's not contaminated by your sinful nature. You have a new nature. So we, we don't lose our right standing with God, okay? Uh, our past, present, and you not know, our future sins have been forgiven, Okay. And therefore, thank God that we don't have to pray like David. So we don't have to pray, create me clean, because God has already given us that. So our job is to just to line up with the newborn again spirit, its thoughts about us, how he feels about us. And we do that through the word of God. Now, let's read the next scripture um, It's Isaiah chapter forty one. Verse nine, and we're going to be verse 10. And we're going to read this from the New Living Translation. It says, I have called you back from the ends of the earth, saying, you are my servant. For I have chosen you and will not throw you away. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Now, listen to that. This is this is God speaking to us. He was talking to Israel, but this is he speaking to us also. He says, I've called you back from the end of the earth. Listen to his words to you. I want you to take these words as him talking directly to you. He said, you are my servant. Yes, you, the one that's messed up, the one that did bad things, made mistakes, the one that grew up in them with the alcoholic father, the abusive mother. He said, I've chosen you. He said, I've chosen you. He said, I won't throw you away. Out of all the mistakes that we've made, you and I, he said, I'm not going to throw you away. He said, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, he says. I'm your God. He's your God. He's my God. He said, I will strengthen you because we need strength. He said, I will help you. God will help you through your struggle, through your hurt, through your emotional pain. He will help you grow up, mature, mature in in your emotions. He will help you develop that. He said, I'm going to help you. He's he's not going to leave us, you and me, to do this by ourselves. Okay. He said, I'm going to hold you up with my victorious right hand. Because he've already won the victory when he down on Calvary for us, so we like Israel, we're chosen. I want you to know you've been chosen by God. You may be saying, "Well, how did He choose me?" Based on all I've been, He's He chose you. You're chosen. Okay, this is this is not an accident or or just the way it works out. Okay, God has chosen you. Well, you are special. You need to understand that. You are a special person, that's why God showed you are special, you are unique in your own way, and God has chosen you no matter how messed up you are right now. God says, I want to heal you emotionally, I want to grow you up so that you're able to handle the things that are going to come against you in this life going forward. It's, it's now, it says that we're not on, He says, I'm not, you're not by yourself. The scripture says. Don't be afraid, he said, for I'm with you. Now, we were just on our own. There will be good reason for us to fear, okay? Um, life, can, it could can be a terminal experience. And maybe you've experienced a lot of terminal and frustration and drama and things in your life. Um, traps and snares are everywhere, okay? You can't live this life where the enemy's gonna set traps and there's gonna be snares. But But the person who has God with them, has good reason um, not to fear. So, if you know God, well, you got good reason not to fear. You don't have to fear. He has promised to strengthen us. He has promised to help us, to uphold us with His right hand of His righteousness. God promised that. The right hand signifies strength and skill. That's what the, that's what it represents: strength and skill. And the Lord will use His strength and the skill to uphold us. See, you're not going to do this by yourself. I'm not, we're not asking you, I'm not asking you to mature emotionally on your own. No, God's going to help you. He's going to give you strength. He's going to give you the skill to do it. All right. He's already paid the price for it. So he's going to, but we have to seek him. And, And notice that not only are we not the fear, but also, we are not to be dismayed, because that's what the King James read. The King James very uses the word "be not dismayed." Now, this English word means um, to feel with dread or apprehension. Okay, dismay um, would be the beginning stages of fear. So, you feeling yourself dismayed? You know, filled with um, feeling dread. Okay. This is the beginning stages of fear. Uh, It's less, less full blown fear or terror. So it's not full blown yet. So this is what we got to catch it at. We got to catch it at the dismay stage. We don't want it to become full blown fear. It is, it's, it's just a, a dread or apprehension of something happening bad. You have people, um, maybe you've been experiencing this thing where, you know, what well, it hasn't really happened yet, but you sense it's going to happen. And so you begin to start worrying and start speaking stuff like, well, you know what, what if this happened? What if that happened? You become begin. You begin to become fearful. Like I said, it's at the beginning stage. But understand that, hey, this is how the process. I wanted to walk you through the process and how the battle mind begins. And it started at a young, early age. And maybe you listen to me and you know what things happen to you at an early age to develop your belief system. But God says, I want to change that through the word. I want to change those thoughts that you have yourself, the thoughts that you have for other people, the thoughts, maybe you went through a divorce and that really um, has messed with your belief system. Maybe you have someone close to you die and has affected your belief system and once again, those things are going to happen in life, but you we can't allow, and you can't allow those things to change your mind about God, who he is, and what his word says, and about your life. Okay, even though all these things maybe were formed at a young age, and the things you experience, now you've come to Christ. And now, that's why the Bible says, be ye transformed. That's Romans 12 and 2, by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so transformation happens. Well, when your mind is changed. So what am I doing? You have to allow God's thoughts, okay, to change in exchange, excuse me, for your thoughts. You got to adapt his thoughts no matter. And you can't go by what you see. Let me say it again. You can't go by what you see or what you've experienced. Okay, don't go by. And not to say that what you experienced wasn't real. Didn't hurt. But you have to allow the Holy Spirit to change the way you think about that situation, about that person that's, that you maybe have may be, be harboring. Unforgiveness in your heart, you got to allow the Holy Spirit to change that. Because you hanging on to it, the enemy wanted you to hang on to that thought. He, because he wants to derail your life. He wants to. The Bible says, "The enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy." He wants to steal everything from you. He want to kill you. He want to destroy you. But God says, "I come that you may have life, and have it more abundant." One. Translate says to the full to the overflows, and so God wants you to be overflowed with joy, overflowed with peace, overflowed with happiness. Well, how do I do that by allowing God's word to change the way I think about my belief system? Let me pray for you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every ear that's listening to this, every ear that's here. God, I think that. Their mind is being transformed by the word of God. Thank you for transformation taking place on tonight. God, I think that they would take heed to your word and allow God your truth to change the truth that they experience all through their life. That God that helped them to see that if their thoughts don't line up with yours, allow you to change them. And, God, I thank you for giving them strength, giving them the skill, giving them the knowledge and the wisdom to walk in the the abundant life that you have promised to us. And I thank you for them seeing it on a day-to-day basis, God. I give you glory and praise. And I trust, God, I thank you for doing it for them. In Jesus' name we pray amen once again i thank you for listening we're going to be back again with you next week on another installment of developing emotion maturity and i think i pray that you've enjoyed this continue to share with your family and friends people who feel like you need this and once again i thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next week once again thank you and bye-bye